welcome to Parenting Bites. This is Amy Austin of Amy Ever After, and here with me today is Andrea Smith, our technology guru extraordinaire. Hi, Andrea. Hello, Amy. Hi. Hello. And Rebecca is off doing fun things this week, but we've got a great guest today, Barbara Jones, who I've actually worked with for years and years. Um, she used to put on a, uh, a great conference called Blistem that I went to a bunch of times, and I think it just came back, actually. And she's also um, the founder and CEO of Blissful Media Group and Outshine Talent. And she has been working with TikTok and working with some TikTokers, and so we thought that she would be the perfect person to come on and just kind of give us a background on TikTok, what it is, what you can do on it, um, how you use it, and just what it's all about. Because my, I don't know if my son's into it, my daughter is way into it, and I know practically nothing about it. Yeah, this is such a great topic because, I mean, I hear people talk about it all the time. I know nothing. I'm kind of too busy to explore it, you know, <laughs> because I understand once you get on, it's a huge time suck. So this is great. I, I would, I'm very excited to have someone actually explain to me what it is and why I might want to check it out. Yeah. So we will be right back with Barbara Jones. And we are back with Barbara Jones of Blissful Media and Outshine Talent. Hi, Barbara. Hi, how are you? Really good. I'm so glad that you could do this today. I know that you're completely slammed, so we really appreciate it. My pleasure. So why don't you give a little background about how you became involved with TikTok and some of the people that you work with? Sure. So um, my influencer marketing agency is called Blissful Media Group, and um, we've been an official partner working with TikTok for over a year. And um, and in the initial um, in our initial sort of dealings with them, we were working with their growth development team to work with YouTubers to create awareness for the app and to encourage downloads and encourage their audiences to kind of shift over to TikTok. Um, obviously, you know, now they are they have about 123 million users in the US. Um, um, some fun facts are the average user opens it eight times a day and spends about 52 minutes on the app. It's about 80% is uh, 16 to 24. And, um, and, uh, from the, from the younger side, um, some of the stats are basically, it's about, it's about 60% are between the ages of 16 and 24. Um, so, and I would argue, you know, even younger. That kind of sounds like a parent's worst nightmare. <laughs> so we've been working with TikTok for over a year. Um, and then through the last last fall, um, I'm on the board of a teen center um, in my town. And I noticed that there were some, several uh, TikTokers that were in the area. And so we decided to put together a fundraiser. And um, one, of the, one of the creators that were in the area was Charlie D'Amelio and her sister Dixie D'Amelio. And uh, we built a relationship and um, I am now managing them. Um, to give you a little bit of perspective on how big they are right now, Charlie hit 1 million followers um, on October 30th of 2019. And now, gosh, I have to check every day. Now she's over 26 million followers. Um, she gains about 300,000 followers a day. 
on the app. Oh my um, god! And um, you know, it's it's been it's been quite a whirlwind um, over the past four months. With her sister Dixie is also a little ten million. Okay, again, I, I I have to check every day because it just keeps growing. And um, Charlie's over seven million, almost eight million on Instagram. She just hit a million subscribers on YouTube. Um, and this is all within the past four months. Barbara, can you take a step back a little bit for maybe our listeners who don't quite understand what TikTok is? Um, just just a really brief expla- explainer and why, how somebody gets that many followers? What are they doing to get that many? Sure. Um, we'll just talk about TikTok in it, itself and what it is. Um, they, it's, a, um, it's an app that's similar to Vine. Um, it is has 15-second videos that... Um, people create on this app. You can actually go up to 60 seconds, but the sweet spot is sort of 15 seconds. And um, a user would create a profile, and um, it's a great way to get started is looking at the existing trends that are happening, um, which they show on their homepage. Um, And people will sort of look at something that they feel like they'd like to do, whether it's a comedy challenge or it's a dance challenge of some kind or um you know there's a wide variety of things that you can do on the app um but you would end up picking you know picking something and and um jumping in and just recording yourself on your phone um and using picking the sound one of the sounds from the sound library and create your tiktok so it's um basically three, two, one, go, you know, and what the beauty of TikTok, I think why people are really enjoying it is that it's not about being overproduced. It's like the anti-Instagram, you know, it's about being natural and raw and yourself and in the moment and having fun with it. And I think that's a big part of um, what's so popular, what made it so popular is really truly anyone can do it. Um, but let me just give you even more of a background. Um, there was an app called Musically that ha- was pretty much a lip sync app uh, for, for kids that was very popular with middle schoolers. And um, this Chinese company called ByteDance um, acquired Musically and then rebranded um, TikTok. And so you had still the, the database of the, t- the Musically users, and then they started building new followers. And... Uh, I really believe that a huge increase in um, TikTok sort of use really seemed to happen last fall when all of a sudden it was cool for high schoolers to use it because it was very much a middle school thing and very uncool and cringy. And then all of a sudden high schoolers thought it was cool and they started doing it. And now it's up to, you know, college kids are doing it. And it started, it keeps aging up um, a little bit longer than they go. But a lot of people will say, I downloaded it as a joke and then I got addicted. And, <laughs> and it's a very, very common theme because there's something called the For You page when you first open up the app. And they're just serving you different clips from different people. And um the algorithm starts to get to know the kinds of things that you engage with and will start to serve you more content. So you just keep scrolling and keep scrolling and watching things. And all of a sudden, you know, two hours later, you're like, oh, my God, what have I done? You know, because it's super sucks you in. 
That is no joke. I was checking it out this morning and I just started scrolling up and scrolling up and scrolling up and like 20 minutes went by like it was nothing. And I didn't even have to sign up to look like if I wanted to like something or share something, then I would have to get an account. But anybody can just download it and just start scrolling and looking. And it's so entertaining. It really is. And um, and I think what's nice about what TikTok does with it is that they're not only delivering you the people with the biggest followings and the most, you know what I mean? It's, it's very, it's very democratic in a way. Like <laughs> you could see somebody with a small following and somebody with a large following and, um, and it's just starts to kind of craft your, everyone's for you page is different. So a lot of times it might be based on the, the, the input that you put in your profile. Um, but it's really, really, I don't know. It's very, very addictive for sure. After playing with it, my first question, because I know that a lot of younger kids are on it, my first question was, can you put in a language filter? Because there's a lot of language on there. Yes, you can. You can do keyword um, keyword blocks and you can do privacy settings like you can do friends only setting. Um, so there are, you know, there are things that for, for young kids, listen, um, I would I would say 13 and older is the way to go on this. However, you'll get people, you'll get kids as young as nine and 10 that will use it. The problem is, is that the sounds are not um, filterable. Like you can't block explicit sounds that I, as far as I know at the moment, that's not. And so the music that a lot of the kids are using and a lot of the teens are using is, you know, some of them have explicit language and inappropriate language. Um, and that's the part that I think I wish that it, it could do better um, is filter explicit music. Can, can parents um, like kind of set up parameters that their kids can't get messages? Like, can you message on this or that they can't get messages from people they don't know? Or is it just anything goes? Well, you have to be following each other to be able to do messages. Um, they're very, very careful on the um, on what they're doing with kids right now because of the fact that musically they acquired musically, but musically had gotten fined for COPA compliance because they had collected data from kids under thirteen prior to being acquired. So they had to take that hit for that. But to that end, they're actually kind of going out of their way to um, to make sure that they're only kind of like they won't even do brand deals from the brand unless you're 16 or older on their end. You're not allowed to go live on TikTok unless you're 16 and you're no longer allowed to buy or give digital gifts unless you're 18 or older. Um, and that was new as of January of this year. And you mentioned deals. Um, I know that with a lot of these platforms, like ordinary people just become superstars and start making a ton of money. Is a lot of money being made on TikTok by users? So when it comes to creators making money from TikTok, um, there are opportunities that are coming to these creators from the outside. Uh, a lot of them come from music companies, record companies, and artists, because the use of these tracks are causing direct correlations to streaming and sales. So the music industry is all over TikTok uh, right now with wanting creators to use their sounds. 
And uh, the brands are doing offline brand deals, but also trying to work with the brands um, on the inside. TikTok is inundated with advertising and partner requests that, you know, right now, if you try to do a hashtag challenge, um, official hashtag challenge through through TikTok itself, I think you're probably looking at the summer before you can get in. (laughs) Um, It's just that kind of big. And I think everyone's still trying to figure it out. There aren't uh, direct monetization opportunities for like like uh like youtube has as far as with adsense or anything like that just yet if you go live on tiktok you are allowed to receive digital gifts and you can make money from just going live oh that's really interesting why don't we talk about some of the creative stuff because when i was scrolling through there were so many different categories there was um the dance videos are incredible. It's just like 15 seconds of people doing what I'm guessing are dances from videos because I saw some people doing the same dances. I I feel like I need my teenage daughter here to like give me a a, a, a short lesson on this. I'll probably ask her later. Um, but they're like they're dance videos. There's lip syncing. There are like DIY things, which like that kind of took me by surprise because it was like a lot of older people doing DIY videos. Um, what are what are some of your favorite kinds of videos? Yeah, I mean, there's honestly, there are some really very specific niches and it is really, it is really a community. They really, um, especially for a lot of the kids, like when it's funny because when celebrities will come on or people that will come onto the platform, they're always like, how do you work this thing? You know what I mean? Because <laughs> And they look really, really awkward because oftentimes they're doing it wrong. And it's kind of a, a running meme in, um, in the community of like people trying to get on TikTok, even YouTubers and Instagrammers, you know what I mean? It's funny. It's like people are welcome, but you got to kind of like watch it for a little bit and see what what works. Um, but the dance videos is a is a huge part of it. And um, and people are basically finding songs and sounds and um and copying them and in, in fact um one of the biggest videos um it's called k camp uh the artist is k camp and the song is called lottery and it's kind of known as the renegade dance um that hit 20 million people made that uh tiktok videos to that post i mean to that song 20 million um, separate videos to that one song. separate videos to that one to that one song and Here's the part that I think I'm, I'm a little stuck on because I've been watching a lot of it, but I haven't tried to make anything yet. So you say that the sounds are available on the app and those are, are they licensed by the artists and by the companies or you can just kind of grab 15 seconds of any song? No, they, they have, they do licensing deals with all of the, the labels and the artists and stuff like that. So basically they have like a sound library that you can pick from. People can also upload their own sounds or their own original audio and things like that. But if you're using a, one of the sounds that's in the library, um, that those are all like free to use. Okay. And so if you upload your own, you're kind of responsible for knowing that you're allowed to use it. Yeah. Gotcha. Well, it's all fascinating. And my big question is like, can Amy and I do a dance routine? Would anybody watch it or, or <laughs> is it not for old people? I think a lot of people would watch it for the wrong reasons. <laughs> it's it's funny it's funny because um there are more and more you know it's like it's starting to age up and it's funny because there's this interesting um dynamic of if you have a child between the ages of 10 and 20 
you likely know about TikTok and you're aware of it and you're learning about it. It's this very interesting group between, I would call it 25 to 40, that are feeling extremely left out, right? The millennials are feeling like, wait a minute, we were the cool kids. And now we don't know what the heck is going on. And they feel very out of touch. It's a very funny dynamic going on because they don't have anyone in their life using TikTok. So they are unaware of it. It's very funny. It's totally true because I have a 15-year-old and an 18-year-old and they've shared a lot of TikTok videos with me. And then um, I also see my parent friends sharing them on this like secondary market, like the TikTok videos get put on Facebook for all the old people to see them. Right, right, exactly. And what the thing that's brilliant about TikTok is they make it very easy to share cross platforms. And that's been so smart of them. Also, these TikTok creators are building here and that you also are allowed to link your Instagram profile, your YouTube profile and stuff like that. So they're moving from one platform to the next to be, and these and these creators are building their audiences cross platforms. Oh, that's so smart. Well, like you you mentioned one artist, um one of the sisters who had you said had like 8 million Instagram followers. Did she already have those Instagram followers and then no, that helped her no. to it was the opposite? No. 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 It basically it spilled over like it it started with with TikTok. Then it moved to Instagram because she'll post different types of content there. They just, they just care about what she's doing. And then they, and then she's built, like she started with zero. She didn't even have a YouTube channel four months ago. And now she's got over a million subscribers and she only has two videos. Um, she just posted her second video. That's her first one that was monetized on last Thursday. Um, and it was number three trending on YouTube that day. That's insane. And that seems like the opposite of what a site like Facebook does, where they make it more difficult to integrate with other sites. This is incredible. Like just as somebody who is a content creator who is not on TikTok at all, now I'm kind of kicking myself. <laughs> well, it's never too late, Amy. <laughs> well, you know what, a Amy, Amy, though, for some for somebody like YouTube, like, you know, it also is really interesting. So there's a lot of acting going on there, too. So it's everything from... Um, Somebody will create a video, a POV video, where they're um, they're creating, they're just basically acting on screen. And the app has this ability to, you can duet other videos. So you can put one side by side or an in insert, and you can react to that video. And, or you can duet it, do, a, do the dance alongside that person. So there are ways to engage with it in, in a very creative and interesting way so sometimes people are just responding to other videos and they're like they're doing two povs that are acting upon each other and other people are duetting those videos um some people will do uh dialogue from a show um a, from a movie or a, or a tv show and they'll do lip-syncing dialogue together or they'll um you know it, it's just there's a lot of really unique and interesting ways of doing this creatively, there's a lot of comedy. Um, there's a lot of said. There's DIY and craft. Um, there's ASMR. Um, there's there's interesting interesting you know ways to use it, and um, and it's looking for people to be also to be unique. What it's not what it's not is Instagram stories. It it you have to really be part of the community by 
starting to duplicate what things people are already doing. It shows that you understand the app. So if you were to jump on today, right, you'd probably look, if you're not a dancer, maybe you don't do the dance videos, but no. maybe you see one of some of the comedy things or the POV, or you see something else that like, oh, I could do that. Or you see there's always memes and themes that pop up and, you know, they're not all dance related. So you, the best thing to do is replicate what p other people are already doing to show that you like you get it. Again, that's like the opposite of other platforms. It's like you're almost rewarded for copying other people, but putting your own spin on it. That's so awesome. Exactly. exactly. Well, I know what I'm going to do the next time I have like 20 minutes to kill sitting in a doctor's office. <laughs> I'll be scrolling through TikTok, checking out the videos. Oh my God, you will. And you'll like miss your appointment and you're going to be like, what just happened? <laughs> I can't even explain how addictive it is. Like I had to eventually just put my phone away because I had other things to do this morning. It's ridiculous. It's almost like a lottery. Like it's or like it's a box of chocolates. Like you never know what you're gonna get, <laughs> and you just kind of keep scrolling, and you're like, maybe the next one will be even funnier, or clever, or sad, or beautiful, or you know what I mean? It's all different things. And I think what struck me the most after watching just dozens and dozens of them is how ridiculously talented a lot of everyday normal people are. Well, I think I think that's a huge part of what what is happening on this platform is um, there are, you know, people being plucked out of obscurity in the past six months that, you know, Charlie and Dixie are a great example um, that are now, you know, realizing big dreams. You know, it's it's insane what is happening. And I'll be honest, a lot of these are teenagers, for example. We just did, with, with, through Blissful Media Group, we, we have a mall client, and we just did eight um, meet and greets in different markets for um, just meeting three to three or more, three to five TikTokers that are like local to that area, um, just to kind of see how, you know, what the interest was. Well, we had um, no less than 500 people, up to 3,000 people that came to those meet and greets just to go and take a selfie with these kids. That's incredible. So Charlie um, is also dating a TikTok creator named Chase Hudson, his little huddy. And we took them to Disneyland to go have a day at Disneyland um, and literally needed a police officer with us because they people were just freaking out and wanting pictures and wanting to hang out with them and wanting to do whatever. And we literally like they cannot go without security. Um, that's incredible. It's crazy. We went to the Jingle Ball. We were a guest at the Madison Square Garden at the, at the Jingle Ball, and they needed two security guards to sit at them at their seats because of all the kids lining up in the aisle wanting to take selfies during the show. So these are major celebrities that I could walk by on the street in New York City and not even notice, but my daughter would probably be dying. And there you have it. Once again, we're so out of reality. So much. <laughs> out of touch. <laughs> so much. But this seems really accessible. <laughs> Barbara, thank you so much for explaining all of this to us, because it, do, it does seem accessible. And it seems like, you know, even though the kids know it's the next cool thing, um, you know, it's funny. It's like Facebook where, where parents kind of took over and now kids aren't on it anymore. I don't know that that this is going to become, you know, something that parents will wind up adopting. I, I don't think so. Um, but it certainly sounds entertaining enough that I would want to check it out. So thank you for explaining it to us. 
My pleasure. Um, like I said, it, it will continue to evolve. You know, it's really, it's only a year and a half old in the U.S. So, you know, who knows what the next six months or a year will even hold for the platform. That's so great. Thank you so much for being with us, Barbara. My pleasure. I'm happy to, you know, jump on anytime and be your TikTok tutorial person. That's so great. I think we will probably need it. Thank you so much. And we will be right back with our Bites of the Week. And we are back with our Bites of the Week. Andrea, I'm not going to go first this time because I guess I'm kind of hosting. So you go first this time. I know. I can't believe it. This is like, uh, this never happens. (laughs) Okay. I have the lowest tech gadget you could ever imagine. And I'm kind of in love with this. My neighbor actually sent this to me. I guess for Valentine's Day. <laughs> Your neighbor um, gave you a Valentine's Day gift? You know, they're really sweet and and they help me a lot and I help them and we take in packages and sometimes if I have something around the house, her husband, you know, insists on coming to help me and they're away right now and so I kind of keep an eye on the house and she sent me a Valentine's Day card and a little present, which was so sweet of her. Nice neighbors here. Um, what she sent me was something called a pocket monkey. I have one. You're kidding. No, I have a pocket. It's like my favorite okay. thing in my wallet. So it, it's just this thin, okay, it's thin. It's this light thing about the size of a credit card and it fits in your wallet. And what it is, is it's like 12 different functions. It it looks like a monkey, but it's got tails and arms and all these weird edges. And basically, like there are websites devoted to all the uses, but of course it's a bottle opener. It's a flat screwdriver, flathead. It's a Phillips head screwdriver. You can use it as a phone kickstand. It has hex wrenches, mm-hmm. which I know what those are, and that's <laughs> a pain in the butt if you don't have them with you. It's an orange peeler. You can wrap your earbuds around it. It's a letter opener. It's like all of these things in one. And of course, I was thinking, well, that really stinks because I'd hate to lose that at the airport. It is TSA compliant, even though it's metal. I brought mine through the airport like dozens of times. Incredible. Incredible. I'm going to put this in my wallet. It's really lightweight. And I mean, there's there's a lot of times like if my... Um, What's it called on the side of your glasses? Oh, what's that thing called? The, the little the, screw? Well, the screw, but what's the arm? Oh, yeah, it has a There's name. There's a word for it. Yeah. The temple, the temple of your eyeglasses. Sometimes your little screw gets loose and you need a teeny, teeny, tiny screwdriver to tighten it. That's this. So I'm putting it in my wallet. I'm going to carry it with me. TSA won't take it away. And it's like an awesome gift. It's so great. And they're not expensive. I think I got mine for like, well, I don't want to say how much your gift was, but I think mine was like 20 bucks. <laughs> um, I, I'm looking on the Pocket Monkey website right here and it's $13.95. Oh my gosh. I think I got mine like, I I think like five years ago. So I'm glad they've gone down in price. Um, but it's the best. Very I was clever. In, I was out one day and my purse strap broke and it, like I was like, oh my god, what am I gonna do? I, you know, I'm gonna be walking around with this purse strap all day, and it actually hadn't broken. I didn't realize that there was a little screw that had just come completely loose, and I was able to tighten it up and have my purse not falling off my arm. Wow, 
Yeah. See, now where was where was your pocket monkey when my purse strap broke in Las Vegas? But yours broke, broke. <laughs> like, there was no there was no screw to to screw back in. <sighs> anyway, you should all check this out. I think it's great, and thank you, Janet, for my gift. Oh, everybody remember that in like ten months because it's the best stocking stuffer. Yes, yes, yeah. that definitely is. Okay, what do you have? All right, so mine is, I I hesitate to call it a cookbook because it's more like an encyclopedia of cooking and it's kind of like going through cooking school if you read the whole thing. And I, I, I honestly feel like when I actually read through the whole thing, I deserve some kind of certificate of completion at the end because it it's... It's amazing. It's The Food Lab by um, Kenji Lopez-Alt. And I've been reading him online for a long time. He's with, I don't know if he still is, but he was with um, The Food Lab on Serious Eats. And he just has the most science-based, tested and retested and over-tested recipes. Like if he's going to decide to make a food, he's going to make it like 100 times to figure out the exact best way. And so this is an entire book of that. So if you're like, I'm trying to think of an example, like, oh, salad dressing, all right? You think salad dressing is pretty, pretty easy? No, because he's going to write three pages on emulsions and what they are and why you need to do them and what happens to your lettuce if your dressing is not emulsified and it seems silly that you would need three pages on that, but when you're done, you're like, oh my God, that's why there's always vinegar in the bottom of my salad bowl when I'm done eating and my lettuce is wilty. Um, so like, if you really want to understand why recipes work the way they do and why they fail when they do, I cannot recommend the Food Lab more highly because you will just be turning to it over and over and over again for techniques and the how and the why. And it's just filled with a lot of great recipes. So what did you do for the cookbook? What, so, what recipe did you make? Oh, I made I actually made a bunch because this was actually the last book that we did for Cookbook Club this past weekend. So I've been cooking from it for a couple of weeks. And um, I made a whole bunch of French fries, which actually is how I discovered Kenji in the first place. When I first got a, a deep fryer like years and years and years ago, I wanted to make French fries and I kept turning out these soggy French fries. And I was like, okay, how do I make good French fries? And I Googled and I found him and his method basically makes McDonald's French fries, except, you know, fresh in your kitchen. <laughs> and, you know, it's a process. Like you have to, you have to boil them in vinegar water and then fry them once and then fry them a second time. And you're like, is all this really oh. necessary? But then if you skip a, a step, you're like, oh, yeah, that's necessary. You get saggy fries. And so I made, the, I made the fries. There's this caramelized pear and arugula salad that my daughter has just fallen in love with that she's eaten like four times in the past week. And so I also made his ultimate creamed spinach, which was, oh my God, so much dairy, but the only creamed spinach I've ever made that I actually like because... My husband is a big fan of creamed spinach, um, so I've tried several recipes over the years and just didn't like any of them. And he tasted this one, and he said, 
I don't have to go to Boston Market anymore for cream spinach, which was like the highest That's compliment. That's a real compliment yeah. because I love Boston Market's cream spinach. This was <laughs> so good. And everything that everybody brought was good. It's funny because one of one of um, my other cookbook club people, she made his smashed sliders. And a lot of people will tell you if you smash the meat down the pan, you're going to lose all the juices. And he tells you exactly how to do it so that you don't. And so those burgers were enjoyed by almost everybody. I'm a vegetarian, so I didn't have one. But everybody loved them. And then she accidentally left the rest of her meat. So I made that for my husband the next night. Um, So he got like fresh sliders and all of the other leftovers from Cookbook Club. But it's just really good. It has... Just so many great recipes and so many great tips and everything from like how to take care of your knives and what kind of knives to buy and, you know, how to pick vegetables and and, um, meat and like just everything. Well, I think you could start making videos of this and post them on TikTok. Maybe you'll get a following. Oh, my God. That's so funny. I, now I'm thinking of all the TikTok videos. I am seriously thinking of all the TikTok videos that I could do. But now I, I just feel like if I go on it it will just kill it for teenagers like we did with with Facebook. Like once the moms start going on something, although the first TikTok video, well, the first TikTok video I ever shared was actually a mom doing this like hilarious little 10 second thing. I'm going to post it. I'm going to find it and post a link to it because that was the very first TikTok video I ever saw and shared, I think. And it still makes me laugh. Um, But yeah, so... Look for that book and I guess look for my cooking TikTok videos sometime in the never future. (laughs) I'll be looking. All right. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Andrea. Thanks, Amy. All right. Rebecca will be back next week. Yes, Rebecca will be back next week and um, we hope to see you then and until then please check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash parenting bites you can always go to our website to see all of our notes from the things that we talked about today at uh, parentingbites.com you can check us out on Twitter at parenting underscore bites and until next week bye Hey, this is our Parenting Bites disclaimer. Everything we talk about on the show is our own opinion. Any products we recommend, it's our own personal recommendation for entertainment purposes only. If you buy something through our affiliate links or you just happen to buy or see or read or watch something that we've recommended, it's at your own risk.